I love the line of that song. You heard your children then, and you hear your children now. And what that tells us is this, is that no matter where we are in our journey, no matter what we are going through, that the same God that led and ruled and made amazing things happen that we read about in scriptures is the same God that is alive in our lives today. That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so no matter what you're going through, we can trust that God will be by our side. Hey, so today we're going to continue in our sermon series. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago in Family Matters. Like what it looks like to raise families, to have a home that honors God and that celebrates who God is and what God has done. And so today uh, we have John Maxwell that's going to be with us, obviously. John, come on out if you would. Um, John is, uh, you know, of course, a world-renowned expert on leadership. And today we're going to talk about leadership within the home. And so, John, it's great to have you with us. We're excited to have you. You know, he stuck around. He, he spoke for the commencement on Friday uh, over at Liberty University. How many of you were able to hear John on Friday speak? A lot of, lot of people here had that opportunity. Yeah. And as always, you did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. You act surprised. <laughs> well, yeah. so he was surprised. i got to be honest yeah. with you. A couple I of weeks surprised. ago, I, I texted John and I said, hey, I know you're going to be here for commencement. And I know you're going to stay over and graduate your grandchildren uh, in the 11 o'clock service here. His, his son and daughter-in-law and their family moved to Lynchburg a while back and are part of our church. And so I said, since you're doing that, why don't you, why don't you actually like, speak on Sunday morning? We'd love to have you. And he said, man, I, I would be honored. I'd be happy to do it. I'll be there. Why not? I'm thrilled to do it. Now, what I didn't tell him is that we have three morning services. I didn't tell him that part. And so... Uh, last week, Joel, his son, was talking with him, and, and John just asked the question, so Joel, like, like how, how many services do y'all have at Thomas Road? And Joel said, oh, we have three. We have an 815, a 930, and 11. And then John was like, 815? <laughs> so we appreciate. You almost uh, lost me. We almost one. lost him, but it's great to have you here today. Appreciate you and Thank all you. that you have done. And so we're going to talk about family matters. We're going to talk about like leadership within the home. And I want to start with this passage of scripture. In our first service, we read this. It's kind of the theme of what we're going to be talking about and looking at today from Ephesians chapter six, beginning with verse one. It says this, children, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. And then this verse, verse 4, as you know, John, is the one we're really going to talk about. And it says this, Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And so today we're going to talk about that verse, verse 4. How can we as fathers and as mothers, as others within the home, provide leadership, godly leadership within the home, and bring these children up the way that God intended and so let's just talk about it, like right out of the gate as one of the like the world's most well-known authorities and experts on the idea of leadership. Like how do we pull off verse four? Well, for, first of all, uh, let me just speak on behalf of all parents. Uh, parenting is very humbling, isn't it? Huh? You just before I ever had before Mark and I ever had children, Jonathan, I, I was a pastor and I I preached great messages on how to raise children. And then we had children. It just messed up my messages, I can promise you. And, and so parenting's very humbling. And I can still remember several years ago, uh, 
uh, that I was asked to write a book on. I write books basically on leadership, but to write a book on, on parenting with Jim Dobson when he was at Focus on the Family. And uh, so I, I, I entitled the book Breakthrough Parenting. But, but now I want you to get the picture. I'm writing this book on parenting when both of my children are teenagers. Do you think there might be a timing problem? You know, it, it, it's, it's kind of like, the, and, and I'm writing the book and the kids are not doing well. I mean, they're just, they're teenagers. And so I called Jim up one day and I said, I'm not sure I'm going to make it through this book. I mean, you know, I said, could I change the title? And he said, what, what do you want to change it to? I said, how about break down parenting? Yeah, you, or, or, and if it continues, break up parenting. I mean, we're having a lot of breaking, but we're not, we're not breaking through. But so, so I, I just want to start off by just saying that I think, I think parenting is not only an incredible responsibility, I think it's a very challenging thing to do. I, to, to parent well, I think, is, is not easy. One of the things, Jonathan, that uh, Margaret and I did that worked out well we had things that didn't, didn't work out as well. But one of the things we decided before Elizabeth, our oldest child, was born, was we decided that we were going to prioritize what was important to us as parents. And um, that we weren't going to fight our children on every issue and that we weren't going to be continually having battles with our kids. But, but what were the things, that, what were the issues that we wanted to make sure that, that we as parents transferred into their life and we came up with five and the five uh, very simple I'll give them to you uh, but, but I would encourage you to do something similar for yourself as, as, as a parent as, as you have children but the first one obviously would be faith we, we wanted our children to to love God and um, and be Christians and so we, we were committed as parents to really raise our children up in the ways of the Lord and and, and really help them help them w- with faith Another area was responsibility. We just wanted our children to take responsibility for their life. So many people, they, they don't do well in life because they never say, I'm sorry, or I was wrong, or I need to change, or you know, they just make excuses and blame others. And so we, we wanted them to just be responsible kids. If, if they started something, we want them to finish it. In fact, it was don't start a lot, because if you start a lot, you got to finish a lot. So we, we just wanted them to have a real sense of um, responsibility. A third area was attitude. We just wanted them to have a, a good attitude. You know, attitude isn't everything, but it's the main thing in life. It's a, it's a difference maker. And we wanted them to, to, to have a, a, a positive, uh, kind of a positive life stance. And uh, a lot of good things happen to you. A lot of bad things happen to you. But if you... As you know, Jonathan, if you have a positive life stance, even the bad things that happen to you, you can work through them. And so, so we, we wanted to work with them, obviously, on, on attitude. And, and then uh, relationships, we felt that was important. Their ability to get along with people and uh, with their friends, with their teachers. Um, you know, wow, relationships are so essential to people's success. In leadership conferences, I teach leaders, people won't go along with you if they can't get along with you. So you, you, it's the ability to connect and relate with children and others. So we, we taught them relationships. And then the, the fifth area that we just said, this is important for us, was uh, to teach them generosity. We, we, want, we really wanted our kids to, uh, 
be a contributor in life. Honestly, every person that lives, they're either a plus in life or they're a minus. They're either a plus and they're contributing and generous and adding value, or they're a minus and they're a taker and they're, they're, they're receiving. And, and so we wanted our children to be very generous. And so that was a priority for us. So Jonathan, those five areas, we concentrated and said, if we can, if we can get those five things into their life and have them living that, then we're gonna high five ourselves and say we weren't perfect parents, but we did a decent job with our kids. And so, and, and what's really fun now as we look at our children at the age that they are, of course they're much, much older now, is, is it's really rewarding that we, those qualities are within our kids' lives. And that, that's just very heartwarming as a, as a parent, obviously. Yeah. Well, anecdotal evidence that you and Margaret certainly were successful in at least one of those areas is the area of generosity. So the other night, I was out with my family. I took them to a local ice cream shop. And so I walked in. I got there right before my family did. And so I'm standing there. The place is packed. And so people are kind of, you know, going through. And I'm there in the line. I was in the front of the line, but my family wasn't there yet. So I was just letting people go in front of me. And then your son, Joel, came in with his family, and uh-huh. they came up. We were talking. I said, guys, you know, just go ahead of me. It's fine. And, and they said, you sure? I said, yeah, just, you know, go right ahead. And so they did. And so they went ahead of me. Now, what they didn't know, they're ordering their ice cream. My family got there right after that happened. And so I'm standing behind Joel in line and going through all of your grandkids got ice cream and their friends got ice cream and I guess in-laws got ice cream, all that kind of thing. <laughs> and then they got to the end. And so when I got down towards the back side there, I wasn't having any ice cream. I was on a diet, so I couldn't do it. But I was there to pay, which, by the way, as a, pay, as a dad, that's what I'm always there to of do, course. according to my kids. Absolutely. Is I'm just there to pay. And so I'm making my way through. And so my kids started ordering <laughs> stuff. And so I was standing there at the line. And I reached in my, my back pocket and pulled out my wallet. And the lady said, oh, you don't need to worry about that. It's, it, yours is already taken care of. And I say, seriously? She said, oh, yeah, yeah. He, he paid and pointed to Joel. And yeah. Joel said, yeah, I've got you. I'm going to take care. No problem. No problem. And I said, well, Joel, man, that's great. I appreciate it. And I said, Joel, I got 12 people with me. Yeah. And so I'm not sure Joel was counting on that. But either way, generosity yeah. certainly pulled that up. So, so let's talk about those five areas. Um, obviously, great traits, great things. And I think anybody in the room here probably will write those things down as bucket list items like, yes, absolutely. I want my kids to excel in those five areas. But let's be honest, that doesn't happen by accident. No. So what are the attributes? What are the things that we have to do to make sure that we actually do instill those in our children? Well, Jonathan, that's this, the question you're now asking is the question that we all have to as parents settle in our heart that that is it's not possible unless we're the example as parents um again when i'm teaching in the leadership world one of the things i teach well a lot of times in the business world they'll ask about how do you motivate employees people and and i i have a teaching called people do what people see and that's just absolutely true stanford research says 89 percent of uh 89% of what we know, we saw visually first. So when you're asking that question, Jonathan, it's obvious we have to be the visual example of our children of those areas. So if we want our children to be people of faith, we have to practice and live out that faith. And, and uh, if, we, if we want our children to be responsible, we have to show responsibility. And so all of those qualities that we're wanting them to have, they have to see it in us. 
You see, um, we don't convince people by what we say. We convince people by what we do. And, uh, you know, John Wooden was a mentor of mine who was the great coach at UCLA. And he used to tell his players, don't tell me what you're going to do. Show me what you're going to do. And, and, and what I've found with parents is, is, as parents, it's easy to tell. It's harder to show. But children need show and tell. And the moment that they see it in us and they watch it in us, then, um, then they, know how to, they know how to implement it in, in their lives. So it's kind of like um, you have to, you know, leaders know the way, go the way, and show the way. And parents, they know the way, they go the way, and they show the way for their, for their children. You know, in, in alignment with what you just said there about making sure that we are not just simply saying, but that we're doing, right? You know, don't do as I say, do as I do is the yes, idea that you're sure, talking about. Sure. It reminded me of what you said on Friday at Liberty's commencement in that great speech. You mentioned this phrase, and which is the, for me like the takeaway from the day. I told you that right afterwards. Yeah. Was the great takeaway was this, is that so many of us have uphill hopes, yeah. but we have downhill habits. And so that goes right along with what you were saying. So like unpacking that a little bit in the context of what we're talking about this morning, lots of people have dreams of what they want their marriages to look like, what they want their families to look like, their children to grow up and be and do. But obviously those things don't happen by accident. So like talk a little bit about that. Well, Jonathan, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think it's so key to what we're talking about today. In fact, when I'm teaching this lesson, I'll use a visual. I'll just hold my arm up in the air like this for a, a few seconds, and, and, and then I'll share with people that everything worthwhile is uphill. Everything. Uh, if you have a great marriage, it was uphill. You have to work at it. If you, if you build a business, it, it was uphill. Everything in life that, that you really want, it's uphill all the way. Well, the moment that we understand it's uphill, now we understand we have to live our life very intentionally. Kind of what our, what our discussion today is about intentional parenting. And, and it, 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 to be great parents, it's, it's uphill all the way. We have, we have to be very intentional. Uh, if you're going uphill, you have to be intentional. You have to have effort. It's going to take time. It's going to require energy. There's going to have to be some consistency here. But it's uphill all, it's uphill all the way. You know, Scott Peck, uh, Peck in his book, The Road Less Traveled, uh, uh, his first opening statement in that book is, life is difficult. And, and I think it's very important, and for the graduates I was trying to share with them, that life is challenging, life is difficult. The, the dream may be free, but the journey's not. You've got to pay for the journey. So here we are, we have these uphill hopes, but at the same time, Jonathan, we have these downhill habits. And you can't go uphill with downhill habits. And so in parenting, one of the things I think that's so essential is for us to, again, model habits that help our children know how to persevere, how to uh, uh, continue on, how to pay a price. My father, uh, when... Um, when we did chores, um, it's one of the things he would do is at the beginning of the week, he would lay out what chores, there were three of us, what chores we were have to do. And like I had to clean the basement every week. That was one of my chores. And, and I could clean the basement on Monday. I could clean it on Tuesday. I could clean it on Wednesday. I could clean it on all week except it had to be done by Saturday noon. 
And, and, uh, and he said, if, if all the chores are done on Saturday at noon, Saturday afternoon, we'll all go do something fun as a family. And I can remember. And, and so it's, and, and he taught me the principle, pay now, play later. Pay now, play later. And, and, you know, get your work done. Then on Saturday at noon, you go have fun and go enjoy yourself. And, and I think that it's just, it, it's very important for us as parents and children to understand that my dad would always say, there's always a payment, son. Nothing's free. There's always a payment. But he would say, if you wait long to pay, you have to compound that interest. The longer you wait. So he, he would say, get the, get, the, get the pain done so you can do the, do the playing. And it was just, just life-changing for us as far as understanding. Do the uphill stuff. Get, you know, get, it, get it done and get it accomplished. And, um, and, and, and as, as, as you're an example as a parent, one more thing on that, Jonathan. As you're an example as a parent to your children, we're not perfect parents. And let me just say, I think a mistake that we make as parents is that when we don't exhibit uh, these qualities that we were talking about, we need to apologize to our children. We need to stop and say, look, you know, I I know I I talk about responsibility, but I didn't do that very well there. And and, and it's so important for children to to see how we fail. There's There's a correct way to fail and there's a wrong way to fail. There's a correct way to have a miss and a wrong way to have a miss. But when we are open and transparent about what we don't do well and, 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 and share that with them, they're very quick not only to pick up on this as a great value in your life, but they're also very quick to pick up on the fact that as parents, we need to be authentic with our children and, and, just, and, and have that closeness to them of, of saying, um, it's okay. Uh, I've done wrong. You can talk to me about that so that we keep those values authentic, not only in our children's lives, but in our lives also. So what are some of the hindrances then, obviously, to be able to pull that off? Like, so you talk about the downhill habits yeah. in our lives and in, in our journey and in, in marriage and in parenting and relationships, uh, in family and leadership. Obviously, there are some, some obvious examples of hindrances that keep us from actually accomplishing that. Like, what are some of those things that we need to watch out for, that we need to be on the lookout for in our own journey? Well, I think, well, first of all, the biggest hindrance, it, let's just put it this way. It's easier to teach people how to lead than to lead correctly ourselves. You know, so when people ask me, what's your greatest leadership challenge? I always say, though, well, that's easy, me. I'm my greatest leadership challenge. It's easy to tell all of you leadership principles and walk off the stage and go home. But, but if you have to live it yourself, I th- so I think one of the hindrances is the fact that we would rather sometimes pass off what we know instead of show what we, what we, what we do. And, and so I think it's easier to you know, tell your kids. And so I think, that's a, I think that's a huge hindrance of not being that consistent uh, example. I think also with this generation... Um, they just have to understand that um, what they want is going to, if it's worthwhile, it's going to take time. Instant gratification, or that everyone should always get a trophy. There's a whole bunch of stuff, Jonathan, that just doesn't help. Or, or, or hearing affirmation with, from the parents without them doing action, taking action. The, 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 the most overrated words in the English language are good intentions. 
No, nobody was ever saved by good intentions. No, no, no one ever, you never build a marriage with good intentions. We've got to go from good intentions to good actions. And I think one of the hindrances is that we sometimes judge ourselves by our intentions and we judge others by their actions. And so, well, I'm going to, I think I'll do this. And well, that parenting thing that, that series that Jonathan's given here at Thomas Road, that's really good. Uh, I I think I'm going to, I think maybe next month I'll start that. And we miss the action. And, And what I would say to every parent here today is, if it's worth thinking about, and if it's a good intention, nothing will happen that will produce good results until you take action on it. And so I think we always have to ask ourselves, what am I hearing today in this parental teaching that is going to create action? What, what, what am I going to do this afternoon because of what I've heard this morning? So it's never too late. No matter how long in the journey you've been, if you've been a parent for 20, I've got kids that are now, my twins are 22, my older daughter's 24, my son's 26. It's never too late to start doing the right thing, right? There's a poem I love, Jonathan. I'll see if I can remember it here. Um, Though you could not go back and make a brand new start, my friend, anybody can start from now and make a brand new end. And I like that. So wherever you are, you say, well, look, I'm... I didn't do these things. It's okay. Act on what you know today. And, if, and, and by the way, it's okay for you to look at your children. Maybe they're 20 and say, I wish I could have done better when I was younger with you. And, but listen, this is what I'm learning now. And, and this is what I'm practicing now. And I hope that you see it in me and it gives you a desire to become that person, person also. But it's, 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 it's never too late. But it's never too late to take good actions, but good intentions will always postpone what you need to do today. So again, I, I just really, I wrote, I wrote a book called Intentional Living, and I wrote the book basically to help people get away from what I intend to do to, to what I act on. Because how do you become a good parent? By practicing parenting. How do you become a good leader? By practicing leadership. How do you become a, a, a great Christian? By practicing Christianity and the principles. And, and in the church sometimes, Jonathan, we're educated way beyond the level of our obedience. We're in all these Bible studies. We've got, you know, you know, one of the things I love about new Christians is they find Jesus and they're so excited and they don't know anything, but, but they're just happy in Jesus. And they're going telling their friends what happened to them and, and their friends are coming to God and, and that whole process. And then we get in the church and we start sitting and we just start listening and good intending it. You know, we're supposed to leave. We're supposed to leave our footprints in the sands of time, not our butt prints in the sands of time. And and and, and, and so there's the takeaway quote right there. Just <laughs> yeah. Get your phones out and put that on Twitter. Now we got. Yeah. Oh, by the way, if you do put it on Twitter, I think it's a great thing. It's a takeaway quote. Say Jonathan said that. Would you please <laughs> just, just blame it on your pastor there? But but again, uh, there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing that improves a life more than taking action on the light. So wherever you are, it doesn't matter. Pick up now and start moving now, and you'll begin to have positive results for the rest of your life. So you go back, Ephesians chapter 6, we talked about that verse. We read that that passage in that verse before, about training up our children in the right way. 
And of course, you go back to chapter Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. It says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. And so that passage there, that statement there, be imitators of God, like that's where it starts. Like there has to be that, that connection to your personal commitment to Christ before you can ever pull this off, right? You, you cannot give what you do not have. It's just not possible. So when people want to transfer values and principles to their children, you have to possess it first. And that's where your credibility and authenticity as a parent comes from anyway. But the moment that you have it, by the way, as soon as you have it, you pass it on. You don't try to perfect it. In other words, take action on, on, on the truth and the principles that you know now. And, and when you start parenting this way, if you haven't parented this way, you're going to make a lot of mistakes, and that's okay too. In fact, I have a teaching that I give sometimes that's entitled, You're Never Good the First Time. And so I think a lot of times we go take the action and it didn't come out like we thought. And so we, we say, well, boy, that, that didn't work out very well. And I say, of course it didn't work out very well. It's your first time. When you started talking, you didn't talk in sentences. You said one word that only the grandparents could understand. I mean, when you, when you started walking, you didn't walk around the block. You took two steps and you fell. So understand, it's okay. I would rather you take action and have mess ups in your action than to have the greatest mess up of all, not taking action. Mm -hmm. So so get in the arena, and it's not gonna be perfect the first time or the second time, but but you'll get there, you'll get there. And I I don't want you to miss that, but you cannot, okay, we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. And, And who we are is going to be the sticking point to what those kids, value and love and practice in their life. Wow. I hope you actually took note of what he just said. We teach what we know, but we can only reproduce who we are. In other words, the important thing of what we've been talking about today in that passage in Ephesians chapter five, verse one, be imitators of God. Like if you want to make sure that you have everything that you've ever dreamed your marriage would be, your home would be, your children would grow up and be, it really makes no bit of difference what you say. It doesn't matter how often you tell your kids you want them to do this or that. It has everything to do with who you are personally because we reproduce who we are. Yeah. And of course, the most important thing that we can talk about in that statement being imitators of God is just simply this. And the rest of that verse where it says, as Christ loved us, that he gave himself for us. That in other words, that we recognize that what Christ has done for us is that he was willing to come to this earth and die on the cross, be buried, and rise again three days later to walk out of that tomb victorious over sin, Satan, and the grave. And by believing in that and trusting in that as a result of that, then our lives are transformed forever. Transformation came because of what Christ did. And so today, maybe you're seated here and you're thinking like, man, I've blown it with my family. I've blown it with my kids. I've blown it in my marriage. As you heard John share so well today, like own it, be honest, be open to say, okay, I blew it, but change it. That you can turn it around today. It is never too late to do the right thing. And the right thing starts with the right thing with God. Yeah. Christ loves you. He died for you. He rose again for you. He paid for your sins. 
and for the sin of omission of not being the kind of godly parent that you've been called to be, the godly husband or wife that you've been called that you've called to be, here's the deal. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for those sins too. Yeah. And so today you turn it around and you begin doing what it is that God has called you to do. And so today, for all of us here, I hope the takeaway all of you have is this is that God has given you everything that you need to do in your home, in your marriage, in your family, with your children, exactly what God's word tells us to do. But it is an uphill ride. It takes work. It takes effort, but it's worth every bit. So make that commitment today. Hey, would you pray with me today? Father, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for your goodness. And we thank you for your love. We thank you for your truths that today as we have shared as we've talked about, like things we need to know. Like if we're going to do this thing called life correctly, Father, we need to know it comes from you. It doesn't come from the world. It doesn't come from what our friends might say. It comes from what God's word says. And so God, I pray that today for every person here that will make that commitment, make that decision to be that in our journey. And with our heads bowed and with our eyes closed, in a few moments, our service is going to be over and our team is going to gather here. Our counselors are going to be here at the front. And if you're here today and you've heard all of these things about making sure that we're imitators of God, like doing the right thing, and whether you are like, uh, you know, just graduated from college and you're, you know, beginning your journey, maybe you're engaged and like that wedding date is coming up in a couple of weeks or months and you're sitting here like thinking like, man, that stuff sounds good. I want to do it right. Man, today, maybe today you need to make some decisions. Come to this altar, just kneel here and pray. Say, God, help me to get on the right track and stay there. Or maybe you've been married for 20, 30, 40 years, and maybe you've been blowing it all along. You've done it wrong every step of the way. Here's the good thing. Today, you too can make a decision that will change and transform everything. Yeah. It's never too late to do the right thing. And so in a moment when we conclude our service, our team is going to be here. The altar is going to be open. And I just encourage you, that if you need to come down here and kneel here and pray and pray a prayer of commitment, a prayer of dedication, a prayer of repentance, I encourage you to do that. If you want to come down and talk with one of our team members and say, like, listen, I, I know that this all starts with that relationship with Christ. I, I can't give what I don't have, as John said a few moments ago. Well, clearly today, we'd love to share with you what Jesus has done for you, that he died and that he rose again. And according to Romans chapter 10, verse 13, if we believe in our hearts that Jesus is the son of God, that he died and that he rose again, Romans 10, 13 says this, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved today. Maybe you need to come down and talk with one of our team members and say, listen, I want to meet that Jesus. Regardless of where you are on the journey, God has a plan for you. Father, today we thank you for the opportunity that we have to be imitators of you. We don't deserve it. And we certainly can't pull it off without your power and with your strength. So Father, I pray that today for all of us gathered here, that we would be exactly what you have called us to be, that we would be connected and committed to your word connected and committed to growing in our personal relationship with you so that then we can reproduce in others, God, what you have done in us. And God, for that, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus to die for us and that he rose again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The altar's open. We encourage you to come down and talk with one of our team. God bless you guys. Have a great, great week. 
Thank you for worshiping with us today. We're so glad you joined us. If you prayed to receive Christ today, we'd love to hear from you. We want to help you as you begin this new journey of faith in Jesus Christ. Send an email to the address on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. Likewise, if you've never accepted God's free gift of salvation, the forgiveness of sins made possible by the death and resurrection of Jesus, but you'd like to know more, we're here to help you. Just reach out to us and we'd love to tell you more. Our mission at Thomas Road is to change our world by developing Christ followers who love God and love people. If you'd like to help us fulfill that mission by giving to our ministry, go to the link on your screen and make your contribution today. Help us help others with the life-changing truth of God's love.